Welcome to Leadership Life Podcast. I'm Kelly Buboltz, your reality check, mixing leadership theory and practical application together that fits into our daily actions. Let's dig in. We're going to be talking about addressing your gaps. I think it's really important at the beginning of the year to establish a development plan, not only with your boss or your organization, but for yourself, because really you're the one who's going to be doing all the work. So when you can drive this process, there's something empowering that happens as you step into yourself, as you step into your leadership style. And when I look back at 15 years of working in HR, working with leaders and now leadership coaching, there's really just three big development areas that you should be reviewing. The first one is effective communication. So in general, how is your speaking? How is your emails? How's your presentations? You may be thinking, well, I write emails all day long, but you have to remember that a majority of how your communication comes off is lost through emails. The dance, what people see, your body language is 55% of what people are retaining and when they're trying to listen to what you're saying. 38% is music, your speed, your tone, your pitch, your use of pauses, and only 7% is vocabulary and structure of words, which is basically emails. So when you're not talking to someone face-to-face, when you're not talking to someone over the phone or maybe a webcam session, you're losing a majority of communication. You only get 7% through email. So you have to formulate your emails accordingly. Now, some people like more fluff, some people like straight to the fact. So you're gonna have to learn about not only your team, but your peers and your boss, their type of communication style. So where do you need work in that communication style? If you don't feel comfortable doing presentations or speaking in front of a group, you're going to need to start practicing that in little increments, maybe facilitating meetings or being the leader in an upcoming project, facilitating the project, and getting used to speaking in front of people because they want to hear what you have to say. Let's go into the facilitating meetings. I've been in really good meetings, effective. Everyone knows what they're doing when they leave that room. I've also been in meetings where it's a complete lost cause, loss of time, and everyone leaves not really gaining anything. So what kind of outcomes do you want from a meeting? Do you need an agenda to keep people on track? Do you need to prep people in that meeting before they even attend so you can utilize time better? This is very situational to the specific group that's going to be in the room. There's some groups that I've worked with that can keep it together. They're very agenda, data-driven, straight to the point. And then there's groups that are very social bunnies, which are great and dynamic for the group, but you have to make sure that you get the outcome that you want going into that meeting to use people's times wisely. It was interesting. I was working with a client, and their organization had a slew of meetings. I mean, high-volume all week long meetings and I asked the question of how do employees get their work done? They stated that they need to evaluate what meetings actually need to be done and who needs to be done in it. I was not part of this process, but when I did circle back to the question on future training opportunities, they said that they were able to cut almost 50% of the meetings out of the week because they were unnecessary. They were just on a repetitive schedule, but they weren't high risk to the company or the tasks were being done naturally that they didn't need all that follow up. The other thing that they did is they cut out who actually needed to attend and they kind of used key employees and key roles to be the speakers to bring it back to their department, which is so important because otherwise you're just wasting labor and resources. 
So how are you facilitating meetings? And there's great information out on Google and YouTube to do this. You don't have to go to a full course unless you're doing a larger project. Then I suggest either your local technical colleges or those half-day online programs for project management. They'll give you a lot of tools for your toolbox in order to facilitate an effective project. The last part of effective communication is what's the purpose? What's your flow? What's the clarity that is unknown yet? Sometimes we think and assume that people know what we're talking about or know all the information that we know that you're creating a larger gap in your communication. When people understand the purpose of a meeting, a project, or the task, it connects and aligns them into a more motivational flow. And then communication is kind of like resonating in them. They're absorbing the communication because it means something to them. If you just do a lot of repetitive tasks or you're not aligning that purpose, communication just falls short. And there's a whole personality type that doesn't want to read your emails, could care less. It's not important to them. So when you can align and heighten that importance, the communication is actually connecting to what their work is. Clarity is super important. When you get emails that have that assumption effect in it, I don't really know what I'm supposed to be doing or my team's supposed to be doing or what is the deadline? How was this deadline created? There's also another personality trait of analytical people and they don't like assumptions and they don't like made up deadlines. They need clarity on how we came to this conclusion and the whys behind it. So those are the three areas to focus on on how you can be a more effective communicator. Do you need help in general speaking, emails, presentations? Do you need help with facilitating meetings to gain better outcomes? And how are you doing with aligning purpose, flow, and clarity with not only your organization, but within your team? The next development area is obviously my favorite one because of my time in human resources. It's people management. If I could tell you a million stories about mismanaged people, I would have a million stories, which is saying a lot for only 15 years in HR. There's people that we have failed because we didn't understand their personality enough. There's employees that I think could have gotten a third chance with a different department because the personalities just didn't click or they didn't get enough support. And then there's employees that you do really good management and they still fail. It's just not meant to be. And those you had to be okay with. So there's all different spectrums of people management, but here's where you can develop and be that boss that everyone wants to be a part of. Are you doing one-on-one meetings? These are really important for individual communication efforts to start building trust between you and the employee, reprioritizing their tasks so that you are both in line on what you should be working on, and getting ahead a poor performance before it even happens. Nothing should ever be a surprise. If you're looking on how to have a one-on-one meeting, I want you to pick up the Questions to Empower course. It's online on my website. Some fun interactive nuggets in there to create an action plan and lots of trust building questions. The other part is performance management in general. Are you giving negative and constructive feedback? A lot of new leaders and emerging leaders do not want to do this. They're afraid of the negative and constructive feedback because they see it as, I don't want to be the bad guy. 
but you are the bad guy if you are not giving negative or constructive feedback in poor performance situations, because then it will be a surprise to this employee when they get terminated, and it should not be that surprise. They should know that they have a performance plan in place and what exactly to work for and what exactly you're going to do to support them to get into good performance. How do you deliver negative and constructive feedback? I absolutely hate the Oreo model, which is good feedback, pour the feedback, and then give the good feedback. A majority of personalities are super confused when they leave those conversations. The other thing that you need to consider is your unconscious bias. There have been some leaders I've worked with that have such high standards in certain areas and low standards in others that it's purely their perception only of their performance. For example, attendance. There's some leaders that that is the most important thing to them and customer service might even be lower than that. So you might have your best performer on customer service show up 15 minutes late because of a traffic jam and they're on their crap list. Be aware of your unconscious bias. Performance management is a whole day workshop that I do with emerging leaders, new leaders especially, because it is this scary unknown and it doesn't have to be. It can be super empowering to get people from micromanagement or poor performance over to coaching high performance. So the first two were one-on-one meetings and building trust. The next one is performance management and approaching that negative and constructive feedback when needed. The other part of people management is accountability. Wow. If you can look at it, a really effective team, a very productive, cohesive team, it all comes down to accountability. It can make them sore or can spread like poison. If you're not going to hold everyone to the same standard under accountability, that's where the poison starts to happen. So this is when you aren't addressing the poor performance, you're going to bring your high performance down because you're letting people get away with things. Or if you're not evenly spreading the workload, your high performance are being over-responsible, which are making under-responsible workers within your team. So accountability can be easily managed through these one-on-one meetings because you are so in tune with each individual and the spread across your team. The next part under people management is How are you actively listening and reading body language? There's such great courses out there on micro expressions. What are people saying in their face? What are people doing with their body language that can start sending you signals that they're not okay or they need help or support? It's interesting when you have a team meeting and everyone's on board and then a couple weeks later an individual says, I quit, I don't know what I'm doing, I don't like anyone on my team and you're like, what? We have a department meeting every month. Why don't you say anything? Those group dynamics, someone's not going to speak up during those. It takes a lot of guts. There's some people that are really good at it or possibly bad at it, coming off passive aggressively. And there's our shrinking violets and the people that don't want to speak up in a group will hardly speak up even face-to-face with you until the trust is there. So you need to be really good at listening and reading body language. And this will come with time, but there's great courses out there to teach you this. The other aspect of people management is understanding different personalities. There's all different personality tests out there like the DISS, Myers-Briggs, but then there's some fun ones like the Enneagrams and Four Tendency Model, how your brain responds to requests. I want you to start exploring those with your team. All different ones. You don't have to do 12 of them in a year period. Just maybe one or two a year 
to explore everyone's personality. You're just learning about each other. What is their tendencies? What's their communication styles? What do they like? What don't they like? How do they thrive? How do they fail? It's a team building event that's actually providing you the most information on how to manage them. Under people management, make sure you're doing the one-on-one -on -one meetings, building that trust. You're working on performance management, not only the good, but also the bad. You're looking at accountability across your department. How are you gonna keep that poison out of there? You're gonna learn some active listening and reading body language tips and tricks. And then you wanna explore different personality tests so they can learn not only about each other, but help people do some self-discovery so they can support themselves. The third development area that you can look at to address any gaps is self-awareness. Wow, this is probably the biggest one. I can say that you won't develop as high in other areas without self-awareness. You need to know everything about yourself and you need to do this often and don't close the book on it because what you're doing today is gonna be different than maybe what you do in five years. Now you may find this exhausting, but there's little things you can do all year round. What you need to know is what are some of your triggers? What things do you avoid? What systems or technology do you need to improve on? What are some past experiences that you've had that might be skewing your actions today or those unconscious bias? When I talk about boss traits in workshops, I get basically people's core values in work of what they want from their boss and what they don't want from their boss because of an experience from the past. So knowing those values, those beliefs, those bias are gonna tell a story and then you can start working on, on how you're not gonna recreate that cycle in your own team. What did you do in the past and what are you gonna do now? What's your fears? What are you staying away from? What's your strengths? What are you really good at? If you're not even sure where to start, my Leading with Intent Academy program goes over this over a six month period, one-on-one -on -one coaching plus education videos. Basically after six months, you're gonna know your leadership style. We're not gonna cover every little piece of you, you're gonna know the things I just talked about, your triggers, avoidance, past experiences are in your core values and beliefs. What's your unconscious bias? We're gonna call those out. What's your fears? What's your strengths? Self-awareness, if you can understand yourself, you can understand your team. There's plenty of information on the internet, on Google, YouTube, or on my page in the areas of effective communication, people management, and self-awareness. I wish you all the luck in 2022 and I hope to work with you soon. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit the follow button so you don't miss out what we all have to sort out yet. Share this podcast with others to bring leaders clarity in this crazy, fast-paced world we live in today. Make an impact, lead from within, and you can't go wrong.